0: Welcome to the Naked Ambition podcast, where we speak with the people who are making an impact in tech, innovation and leadership all around the world. I'm your host, Fiona Triarca. So in this week's episode, I speak with Jasmine Smith, the Director of People and Culture at Swiss Wellness. Now Jasmine has been working at Swiss for a number of years and has developed a fairly unique whole person approach that recognizes that for all of us to truly thrive we need to be connected to not only our personal values and purpose but also look after our physical emotional and spiritual well-being. Now I don't know about you but it's hard to argue that there's been a more important time for this or even a more challenging time than right now to make sure that we maintain that kind of balance. really enjoyed this conversation with Jazz where we got to cover why now is the optimum time for shaking up the nature of work and why it also calls for new models of leadership and how some of those old models are being challenged she speaks really candidly about her own career experiences so she's worked with some incredible brands lush mecca t2 over the last number of years and just speaks about her learnings from all of those previous organizations and how she's been able to take something from all of them um, and apply Apply them to the role that she's in, especially right now. Uh, I really hope that you enjoy this as much as I did. You're welcome, Jazz. Thank you so much for joining. Hey,
1: everybody. Hey, Fee. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for joining. Really happy to be here. Always love a chat. So, yeah, more, more, than, more than happy to be here.
0: Beautiful. Um so firstly just how are you we're we're in a bit of a crazy time right now in the world there's obviously a lot you know a lot going on out there some of us feel like maybe we're we're back in it down here in melbourne and some of us are emerging lots of mixed emotions how are you doing more importantly yeah i mean i think
1: you know i guess first sort of acknowledging the you know all, all of the privilege and and kind of um all the benefits that you know that, that I've got I'm I'm still employed I've I've got a safe place to live you know I've I've got a support network around me you know which I'm super super grateful for um you know understanding that that there's like lots of people that this is impacted you know really you know really seriously and um so yes super super grateful for that I mean in terms of in terms of how I'm going I feel like you know, from a from a lockdown um, 2.0 sort of being being in this now, I do I do feel a little bit di- a bit differently about it. The first time, I think the 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 sense of not really knowing what we were dealing with, and and um, you know the potential catastrophe that was that was sort of awaiting us, and and even I guess that sense of novelty novelty of kind of suddenly everybody sort of going to, to working from home and everybody everybody adjusting, and then you know by the end of um, you know, lockdown one, it, it was sort of almost that had become that, you know, a bit of a grind and, you know, people were really keen for th- things to get back to normal. This time I feel more, um, I probably feel a bit more optimistic. Um, it's not that I think it's going to be easy at the end of this, but I do, I think, I think that sense of having been here before has certainly helped me reframe it. A little bit in my mind and 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 seeing the seeing the benefits that are there and 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 sort of taking advantage of the of the time that we have, so yeah i mean o- overall, I would say feeling grateful, feeling optimistic i'm i'm super one of the one of the biggest benefits has been being able to spend all that incidental time with my daughters who are eighteen and twenty two so um, you know we we're sort of ships in the night for for a lot for a lot of time and before all of this happened so that's been that's been a, a really a real unexpected joy
0: mm. I think that's such a nice way to put it we've got to be grateful for some of those you know the big things and where we are but also those well not so little things really how fabulous to have your your girls around you all the time and how yeah.
1: they I know so super super lucky yeah they're, they're amazing women so yeah feel, feel very lucky for that
0: so amazing! And tell us a little bit, Jazz, How how are the team going more generally? How are people going with this? Do you think at the moment?
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. We've done. I mean, I guess just from a, a data perspective, we've done a couple of um, pulse checks with the team. So outside of, of course, all of the everyday conversations to get a sense of where people are at, how they're feeling, and, and we did one back in May, um, and we've just we just finished one um, just just recently, and. I mean, I guess the themes that we're if we're looking at sort of a larger sample size, which is sort of the majority of our teams, what they're telling us is that, um, you know, some of them are some of there's a sense of unease about what the what the future holds, what the longer term sort of um, economic and I guess um, sort of financial security looks like. So and it's not just, I think it's not just, you know, as we all know, it's not just us. It's, it's our network, it's our community, it's our partners, it's our kids, it's, you know, our family and friends who are also being impacted by this. And that can cause a lot of, you know, that, you know, we're all connected. So, you know, that can cause a lot of um, a lot of worry and concern for, for those that are close to close to those people. So, you know, there's certainly that's that's one of the themes, this kind of unease. Um, like a lot of a lot of really positive stuff though around team feeling as though this time has enabled them to be um, super productive, mm. much more empowered um, has really kind of broken down some of those um, hierarchical sort of ways of working that, that that sort of are in place maybe when you work together face to face it's sort of stripped a lot of that away, so teams really feeling as though they're empowered to um, make decisions, make choices about sort of how they work, what they focus on, um, and what that's doing is is driving sort of higher impact outcomes you know so a lot of a lot of kind of comments about feeling productive and, and feeling and feeling grateful to be able to build into their day um, things that are important to them, whether it's you know exercising or spending time with their kids or what whatever it might be that that helps them. I guess reset and, and regroup, and then sort of go into another period of productivity after they do that. And um, yeah, sort of you know really, really enjoying that. I mean, it's been particularly difficult. I, I say I say that with the caveat of um, parents who have had to homeschool. I mean, obviously that's it doesn't apply to to, to to that to that group. You know, that's been really really difficult. Or for team members that are maybe in living situations, which are. Um, you know, maybe less than ideal to have multiple people working from home in a smaller space and stuff. You know, that that being a challenge, but certainly like a lot of compassion, a lot of um, a lot of connection between the team, um, a lot more even like a lot more communication than normal. So yeah, some surprising things that we probably wouldn't have expected to have seen. Yeah,
0: is it does it feel like this is a culmination of so many things that you've learned across your career? Like, What's yeah. been like for you as Of thinking about how you put people first and what you bring to that How, how has it sort of challenged you or what have you sort of seen emerge in your own skills that have come to the front through all of this I think there's
1: been I think there's been something I think for me personally that's been really um really powerful has been that you know for many of us that sort of of failure and imposter syndrome and, you know, not feeling that whatever we do is good enough or we don't know enough or, you know, we have to know every single thing, particularly for women, I think, before we kind of step into the fray and give something a go. Um, There wasn't time for any of that this time. There kind of almost wasn't time for that sort of self-doubt and overthinking and, you know, deliberating. It was like we just need to we need to move and we need to do this and we need to make a decision and we need to sort of, you know, take the lead. I think, you know, many people that work in, you know, people and culture or HR is often sort of one of those functions that I mean ideally it's seen as a great strategic lever in a business, but in a lot of time it's seen more as a support function and, and quite transactional. So I think it was really that time where where um, you know they were sort of pushed pushed to the front by necessity. Um, and it was it was almost that kind of like just act and 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 kind of all of what you just spoke about then the stuff that you may have learnt or the experiences you've had um, you know your natural inclination even just to kind of you know that natural instinct to be humanistic um, I think kind of came to the, came to the forefront and 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 that that sort of enabled people to. Um, you know, act act with a lot of bravery. Um, I know for myself, it was if, if, if there had been a bit of a a project, you know, put together a plan for, um, you know, h- how you would deal with a situation like this. You, you kind of, you know, it, it's too it's too big and it's too it's too unexpected and sort of overwhelming to even be able to do that. So I think there was a lot of instinct that was required, and I think I think sort of working on instinct. kind of undervalued um i think we can kind of get into our heads too much and sometimes and and, and overthink it so it was very kind of instinctual and kind of like what do we do what do we do for our people Um, how do we how do we make them feel safe and and how, how how do we um you know give them a sense of um confidence and structure and understanding through a time that's like you know completely completely um sort of unstructured and and something that we haven't experienced before so yeah a a lot of a lot of um on on gut instinct um and a lot of collaboration but i think certainly for for hr in in general it's been you know it's been a good it's been a good test and i I think it's been a good opportunity to show you know if if there was any sense that you know that people aren't our most important resource then or our, our most important um you know differentiator that 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 if people didn't believe that this was certainly a chance to be able to show um, how important people are, and we need to do the right thing, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think so. And we, we were sort of lucky right from the beginning. We were able to, you know, as a as a leadership team at, at Swiss and H H, we were sort of able to establish that sort of you know that we had these principles. The first one was like protect our people. Um, second was like protect the broader community. So play our part. Um, our, you know, making sure that we we sort of delivered delivered on our sort of responsibility to do the right thing and, and then of course like protect you know protect the business and 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 make sure that we were able to sort of you know move the bu- the business through a period where um, and we were sort of I guess able to you know pivots like an overused word but you know to be able to to, to make choices and to be able to you know, have have team focused on areas that maybe we weren't expecting, but but it was what we needed right now. And sort of going back to those all the time with 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 our people always being the number one priority has been like a a really awesome sort of yeah a north star. So when you're not sure, it's like okay, that, yeah. that's what we need to do.
0: Yeah, that's brilliant. It's beautiful. Can we? I want to switch gears a little bit because I'd love to go. We've gone like right into it here, which is. <laughs> what's going on and we will just go deep at the beginning <laughs> um, I will, absolutely we're going to get right into some of that as well because I really I wanted to know more about what you have done you know around some of those cultural moves and and some of what you kind of seeing happen and evolve now but I'd, I think it'd be great for everyone I know that they'll be so curious as well to learn more about you so you know now you are the director of people and culture at the incredible Swiss wellness you know, a, an enormous brand, but you've also worked across some other incredible retail brands, including Rush. Oh, Lush, what is going on with my words today? Lush, you were at Mecca um, previously before, and I also know from uh, some of the uh, another podcasts that you've been on, you had a, a really had a really eclectic background, actually. You had a really interesting early career. Um, and upbringing. Do you want to go as far back as you want for us? Tell us a little bit about the journey of jazz. Yeah, sure. Um,
1: I I mean, I, I'm definitely a, um, you know, a child of the 70s, kind of raised by wolves, by sort of hippie parents that sort of became, um, became baby boomers. So I had a very um, nomadic childhood. So I was, you know, my parents, we sort of lived overseas for quite a few years and sort of traveled around in, Combies around Europe, and I remember my childhood. probably, you know, it was just being. It was very. It was quite free, and um, you know, was, wasn't super stable. Um, I would say it, it wasn't. It wasn't what I'd call sort of a stable childhood or a conventional, unconventional childhood. But I, but I do think that I'm very close to my close to my brother. I only have, um, and you know, I only have one sibling, and and we really. Um, I think that really gave us a sense of, you know, a sense of adventure and, and and helped both of us kind of see that the that you know um, you don't always have to take, um, you know, the most the most travelled path. That there's there's sort of many ways t- to live your life. And that that theme, I would say, it kind of continued on pretty much through my um, through my teenage years and and into becoming a young adult. I was, um, you know, I, I was always very um, you know, creative, and you know, I, you know, I, I wanted to be an artist when I grew up, and that was a real passion of mine. And um, it was something that sort of really continued, um, sort of through my through my schooling. I wasn't a, I wasn't a great student, so I was a, um, you know, if I wasn't sort of engaged or or interested, then um, you know, I, I lost interest pretty pretty quickly. By the time I um, finished high school. I was going through a fairly rebellious stage. I would say I think I probably still have, you know, part, a partly rebellious nature um, inside of me, but um, I, you know, I certainly, I didn't want to go to, you know, I certainly wasn't interested in going off to uni or anything like that. I was sort of very independent. I think that sort of nomadic childhood and um, that sort of being quite unconventional kind of really put that independence, independent streak in me from quite, quite a young age. And, yeah, I mean, from that, I finished high school really, I was quite young for a variety of reasons. So I was only 16 when I finished year 12. And and I just really wanted to go off and sort of see the world and, and you know, move out of home and, um, you know, sort of live my life, find myself and really establish myself as an independent kind of being from my parents, you know. I wanted to sort of get out of my family unit and, and go out there and really sort of for, forge my way. Um, and I guess that sort of, that really... Um, Informed a very sort of back to front um, career path um, f- for me. It was very, you know, definitely sort of my late teens and early twenties. I spent most of the time travelling and and doing and doing sort of you know work all over the world, um, mainly in sort of customer facing roles. And I do think that definitely, I've always loved loved people. I'm super curious about. You know what makes us tick, and 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 how relationships work, and and why why we behave and think the way that we do. And I think I've always been really—I mean, it's supernatural, right, for people to be in hospitality and retail when you're traveling and studying. But for me, it was never just a filler job. Like I loved it. I really loved um, connecting with people, connecting with you know customers in shops I was working in, or you know building those relationships. And I really, you know, I loved delivering a great experience and i think that that was probably all of that work that i did when i was sort of travelling after high school that's what really sort of set me on my path um starting to get into you know I, I, then i sort of started to forge a bit of a career um in the retail world you know i really i really um you know i'm a passionate um i want to say consumer but you know i love you know, the brands I love, I love them, you know, I love them so much, you know, and I really, you know, I love aesthetics and, and and I really admire brands that are are built from, you know, having a really strong purpose and, and have a really clear vision of what, what it is that they're wanting to deliver. So that sort of kicked me off to, to sort of that, that experience that I had when I was traveling really kicked me off to working, to working with retail brands. And I, I sort of started doing that. I guess, sort of seriously in my early 20s. And I started working for Lush, who I was a massive fan of. So I just kind of went from brand I love to brand I love to brand I love. And that's kind of been a bit of a theme, I guess, from my entire career and, and, and now where I where I am at Swiss. Mm. Um, so, so that was really, and, and even in, in that situation, I was very, I, you know, I never... I never didn't want to be part of, you know, a store team. Like I loved I loved being on the floor, I loved being part of the store team and really, um, you know, in kind of uh, understanding how you could authentically connect with people and really having an appreciation that we're all individuals, you know, we're, we're all people, but everyone's an individual, everyone's got a story to tell and if you listen to those stories and... And, and understand where people are coming from, you know, that can, that can be really powerful, you know, and in terms of whether it's about, you know, finding a great product for somebody or, or, or just having a great conversation that might sort of change the, you know, change the vibe or the kind of trajectory of their day. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I guess that was, um, um, that sort of then took me to um, want to delve deeper, um, about in that whole sort of human behavior space and I, I ended up going back to uni in sort of in my mid-20s as a mature age student um, to do behavioral science and at that time I sort of moved, moved into Mecca and finished that degree over three years and I was yeah really lucky to be given the opportunity um, at Mecca to sort of move into L&D yep. um, there in learning and development mm. um, yeah, so and that was that sort of kicked me off, I guess, more on that sort of people kind of more of a um, more of a people space. It, it really, you know, I was I was energized by the thought of being able to create change, not just on a one to one level like you do, say so sort of maybe more in, in customer service, but on a I guess on a greater scale to be able to have a positive impact on people, on larger teams, on an organisation. To me, that was you know really really inspiring.
0: Mm. Were there always leadership aspirations for you? Um, I think I've always probably been a
1: natural, um, one of my, one of my, we do, we use Gallup strengths at Swiss. So we often talk about our strengths. One of my top strengths is activator. So I like to put things into action. And so that sort of natural inclination to be able to Um, to to want to create action and create change and create movement. I think that means that sometimes, you know, you do end up being naturally in those leadership roles because it's like, okay, let's do this. You know, let's, let's get people around a concept. Let's get them around a vision. Let's put together a plan. How do we, how do we get this moving? So I think that's always been in me. I don't think I consciously had leadership aspirations. Um, I think it was something that probably probably grew a little bit more
0: organically. Mm -hmm. So it's that, okay, how can I get more connected to people? It starts as a curiosity that you're in retail. What is the kind of impact that you can have? You start to think, I can actually do this at a bigger level. You get an opportunity to move into L&D over at Mecca. And then what happens from there?
1: So I ended up working in L&D at Mecca for sort of another three or four years, and and that was um, such a great job. I mean, that's... You know, I feel feel super, super grateful to have worked with, like, both um, Joe Horgan at Mecca and also Marianne over at T2, you know, being able to work for these visionary sort of women, amazing entrepreneurs, and and work closely with them, particularly as the business was sort of at its beginning, not at its beginning, but certainly beginning to grow, not sort of necessarily as big as they are now, was an incredible um, sort of learning opportunity. And, you know, by the time um, I sort of got to the end of my time at Mecca, I really... um, I guess I wanted to push myself a bit more. I think that um, sometimes, and certainly from where, where I was at that point, I was looking to create to have more impact than I was able to have in the role, um, in the roles that I'd had at Mecca. So I was wanting to, I guess, get more into a strategic role, a role that had more accountability, um, and a role also where I was able to kind of quantify the impact that I was having. Um, which can sometimes be a little bit harder when you're in that sort of L&D space, which can be like PNC, it can be seen as sort of more of a support function. So I ended up moving into, yeah, moving to T2. Um, I had it on my, you know, when I sort of had about six months incubation in my mind about what I wanted to do next. And um, yeah, I definitely T2 was at the top of my list. I'm, I am a crazy tea drinker and um, sort of uh, found my way, wrangled my way into um, having a cup of tea with with someone that worked there to sort of understand what the culture was like. And yeah, I was, I was just really lucky. That they then recommended me for um, and some national retail manager role that they had going, um, and so I, I ended up working at T Two for another seven years, um, mm-hmm. and that was in a, a, a whole sort of variety of roles as as we grew. But um, that was, I think, that was probably one of the bravest things I've ever done because, you know, in a way that that um, as we we're talking about before, that whole sort of fear of fear of failure and not being good enough and you know I didn't to be honest I didn't really have the runs on the board on paper <laughs> to be to to be sort of um, a shoe- in for that role but you know I definitely had a connection um, with with the women that sort of ran t2 and and they saw something in me and and I saw something there that I really wanted to be part of so I, I you know I feel I feel that that was that was really fortuitous for both of us for both of us really and you know I'm proud of the impact that i had it that i had at t2 and and um you know the sort of the culture that that we built there then i you know i know still exists to that day and um that you know that was incredible that was i really learned so so much worked for you know worked with and, and for so many great people and they then um we were acquired by unilever Um, towards the last couple of years that I was there which was also another fantastic learning you Mm -hmm. know to you know a huge difference between a small sort of startup um, in Australia and then becoming part of a big machine like Unilever which that also taught me a lot as well a lot of stuff that was really beneficial Mm -hmm. Um, yeah and I'm really appreciative about that and then really moving into where I am now I guess by the end of my time there I, I was um you know I felt a long way away from um, still having an impact but not as connected to the people part of the business as I had been when I started. Um, it was a lot broader the role by the time um, I finished up there and I was really sort of conscious of you know for this next stage in my career and also just had the self-awareness to know that really that's where I add the most value was in that people space and and um, spreading myself very thin and very broad across a whole different areas that I wasn't particularly energized by and it's. You know a lot more a lot of people with a lot more ability than i had in particular parts of the role and so i was like that's it people and culture that's where i'm that's where i'm really gonna sort of get some depth and, and really see what i can do in that space um and then sort of set about making that happen um yeah and was really uh yeah I was quite intentional about wanting to move and also wanting to move out of the retail space at that point um but also to a brand that was that was um represented um, you know, values and, and a purpose and stuff that I really connected with, which preventative health is something that, you know, I am really passionate about, always have been. So, yeah, feel, feel really proud to be sort of part of part of the purpose of Swiss as well.
0: Yeah. Very cool journey. I think the, the first time that I was introduced to you was actually uh, one of my close friends who worked at Swiss as well was raving over drinks one night about your talent development program that you built so can you tell us that so you just mentioned there as well talking about you know feeling a little bit of that imposter syndrome and where can i go where i can really have a big impact and if i'm going to do it this is the big move this is swiss i really want to be in this brand what was that kind of decision making process where you were like i'm going to go and do this thing is that is that that huge um, shift that you made at Swiss around this talent development program. Talk to us about kind of developing the whole person approach. Is this where all of this started to evolve?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a great question. I think, I mean, Swiss has got a great heritage in um, in kind of, I guess, whole person thinking in, 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 around understanding that connection between, you know, you know, we're not just this face that, that, that rocks up to work. We're not just this machine and this automaton that kind of pumps out, pumps out work that, 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 we're, that we're, we're much more than that. You know, the elements of ourselves, you know, physical, emotional, spiritual, Um, you know, mental, all, all of those, all of those pieces that we bring that, that sort of make us make us who we are. And I think Swiss, Swiss really, I really connected to that sort of as part of the as even as I was going through the recruitment process, you know that was something that I really connected to. It it really it really spoke spoke to me. And I think when I started at Swiss, it was it was probably more grounded in we sort of we have three sort of pillars around mo- movement, nutrition, and mind. It was quite grounded in those um, those elements and. absolutely that's all of that resonated with me and 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 they're really important but I I guess the work that we've done um since I've been there myself and and our team is really kind of broadened out that third pillar around mind so absolutely I mean every you know everybody knows sort of moving you know eating well looking after ourselves is absolutely um you know integral to be to being able to um, you know, keep our energy where we want it to be, to be able to, you know, to make sure that we're sort of um, physically and mentally resilient, looking after our sleep, all of that kind of stuff. But that that mind space, when I, when I started, was very much around meditation, very much around um, mindfulness. You know, we've, we've got a strong, strong history of, of being really dedicated to a meditation practice as a business. It's something that we do at three o'clock every day, even even now virtually. Um, And, you know, team members are are, are really encouraged and supported um, to be able to do that. And I guess where once I came and I sort of learnt the business and and sort of got an understanding of where the business was going, um, we wanted to kind of expand that out a bit and really think about from a mind perspective, what else sits under there, that whole concept of, you know, connection and, um, you know, EQ and, and um, sort of self-awareness and community and, um, you know, thinking beyond, I guess, just just the individual um, and just thinking beyond something sort of kind of more narrow as as sort of just having a meditation process, a practice which doesn't, doesn't appeal to everybody. And then we sort of started to look at absolutely you know, whole person wellness is really important, but also we are wanting to drive high performance, you know, we're wanting to drive a high performance culture for us. Um, Swiss is definitely a high performance culture, absolutely. But making that connection between, you know, wellness and, and, and being well, and then what that means in terms of our ability to be energised, to be able to be high performance within our role, and then not only just in our role, but the behaviour, I guess, we bring um bring bring to the business, and then what that means for our engagement, and that kind of mutually reinforcing um, i guess. Circle or, or or triangle about how all of those else so it 's not just about I guess being well wealth for well's sake yeah. from a from an organizational context it 's like why is it important you know beyond just a humanistic approach, why is it important that you know that people are well and and, and they 're energized and they 're engaged and obviously around that performance piece and and being able to drive the outcomes um, that we need you know it's, it it makes great sort of commercial sense so a lot of the programs we've put in place around talent development, around building capability, um, around finding, I guess, less traditional ways to be able to support teams in their career development have really been about, um, you know, really believing that, you know, we attract amazing people to the business. You know, we have great, we have great talent. We're gonna support them to bring their whole selves to work um and really sort of you know be authentic and and show up as they truly are we're going to make time and provide the resources for them to look after their wellness and we're going to provide the kind of framework support and programs that will help them you know grow their capability understand where their career can go give them opportunity um and you know obviously benefit us as an organization and a lot of the stuff one of the Ways we sort of kicked that off was we, we had a whole program that was really kind of focusing on those concepts, a lot of the concepts from positive psychology, you know, around things like. Um, you know, Um, growth mindset and high quality connections and you know a whole lot of finding your purpose a whole lot of that stuff to be able to go you know how how can we find more meaning and purpose in the work that we're doing so it's not this list of you know tasks or things that you need to deliver you're really understanding the value of what it is that you're you're doing every day which in turn is you know you know more engaging and um team members feel you know, f- feel that it's important, and 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 feel that they're able to find that connection between what they value, um, and the purpose, and the purpose of Swiss and H and H. And for us, our our um, our mission is to make the world healthy and happy. So that's you know, it's a it's a great it's a great mission. It's a great purpose. It's very. You know, it's very tangible to connect to. Obviously, the products that we, you know, produce and and sell are all about supporting people in their health. So, you know, it, 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 it's it's a really good one, a really good one to connect in with. But I think, and maybe we'll talk about this a little bit later, you know, I've really, myself and, and our team, we've been thinking a lot about, you know, what does talent development look like now? And, and you know, how how do we sort of really shake up the way that we have um you know got our team set up and Mm. and and the ways that we can empower them to really make decisions and kind of you know fail fast fail forward and kind of you know keep going and 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 really remove the roadblocks that 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 may have been stopping our team being able to um perform at the level that that they're capable of just due to kind of the way that we've operated, you know, in the past, which isn't necessarily, it's quite progressive, but it's not, you know, it's, it's not, even that isn't kind of where it needs to be now. So yeah, I feel like it's a really, a really exciting time, even in all this, even in all this challenge, I feel like from a people perspective, this is a really exciting time for us. I feel like we've got a window of opportunity just to really think very differently about work, you know, the nature of work, the nature of performance and kind of satisfaction all of that stuff
0: it's there's there's never been any time like it i think before to accelerate so much of this kind of thinking i've got kind of two parts to that question i'm just going to quickly turn on a light here though because it's just turned into um some kind of nightclub oh my god i love it it kind of is like a nightclub Just the, I've got another light coming from here, but that's just gone down a little bit and it's um, just all, I just could feel this kind of pink. <laughs>
1: encroaching over you. The disco was encroaching.
0: <laughs> to kind of putting you off a little bit. Um, yeah, I think the two parts just really there as well. I'm so curious. I'm sure other people are as well. You know, how has, because, you, you know, you are and I think, you know, even in interactions that I've had with you previously, other people from your team that you work with, as well as, you know, even like I said, friends that work at Swiss are so connected to the purpose, more than so many other organisations. They truly, they breathe it, they live it, you know, and it's, and it's kind of, I think it's rare um, to see a brand where it's so congruent, you know, what you're talking outwardly is actually seen inwardly as well. So I'm curious about how that has served you do you think during this as the cultural challenges that you've had as an organisation do you feel like it's kept people you know has it actually kept people healthier you know in these kinds of challenging times are there sort of habits and rituals and things that you've put in mm. some of that and then I would also love to get on to some of those questions that you're all tackling at the moment about yeah you know, where to next how your thinking has changed
1: yeah yeah. Okay. So I'll start with the first one. So I think from a, so from our, our team perspective, I think, um, which I touched on before, which was around sort of, I guess, starting with, starting with our people as our, you know, our, our first, first priority and, and making sure that that's always front of mind. But I think more, more practically, you know, we, we are really lucky um, at Swiss that we do have, you know, we have a lot of great, um, programs available from the team for the team. So from, as I said, things like daily meditation, um, you know, fitness classes, yoga, Pilates, et cetera, boxing, um, all all kinds of stuff, opportunities to, um, you know, to volunteer team lunches, all of that kind of thing. So we've, um, we, we essentially just took those all online, um, as soon as we, um, as, as soon as we sort of made the decision to um, to leave the office, so we've that's all continued, and we've built in um, we've built in a whole lot of I guess um, both connection, but also development opportunities for the team um, over over that time as well. We've been really some of the work that we've really. Um, got a lot of traction with this year is some work that we're doing with um, Emma Murray. Emma Murray's a she's a high performance um, coach. She sort of works with elite athletes and, and um, we sort of kicked off working with her sort of earlier in the year before before lockdown went into place. And, and, and she's, she's very much about how you um, develop the sort of um, intentional practice To be able to um, build your self awareness around what's stopping you from performing at your best. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, you know, it maybe sounds a little bit kind of conceptual, but some very sort of practical ways in which we can, um, I guess, train ourselves to overcome that fear of failure and, and fear of other people's opinion to be able to change our internal state so that when we are in a performance moment, whether it's you know, doing a presentation or having an important conversation or, or even doing some sort of, you know, deep creative work that we're able to get ourselves into the internal state to mean that we're, we're giving ourselves the best chance of, of delivering the best outcomes. So, we, yeah, we had to sort of, you know, move on that and, and, and take that all online as well. And and when I say online, sort of doing um, virtual coach, coaching sessions with Emma and the team as well as um, her running um mindfulness and, and meditation practices with us as well, as well as the more sort of capability-building work that we've been doing with her. So we've really sort of had to look at, at like I'm sure, you know, like many organisations, look at how do, we, um, how do we make sure that we support the team with as much of that stuff as we can. And I think the challenge has probably been, you know, even with all that awesomeness... You know, people, People. you know, they've just got screen fatigue. It's like they're, you know, they're on on, on Zoom a lot for for meetings and and, and stuff like that. And, and it's like, oh, I don't know if I necessarily want to dial in and do a, you know, a hit class again sort of via the screen. So we've had to sort of look at how we can sort of shake it up, how we can do things differently, um, how we can find ways for the team to connect, um, to be able to... Um, you know, still feel as though they're sharing information and and that they're that they're um, getting that sort of relationship building um, with the team. But sort of sort of changing up the formats um, that we're that we're offering. So I guess that's the way that we've sort of we've sort of dealt dealt with that side of it. Oh my god! And now I've had a complete mental blank and I can't remember the second half of the question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just broke all my rules as well. <laughs> Wrong question. Always a bad idea, especially when it's an enormous one. (laughs) Kind of like what around that question of like what opportunities, you know, for you, again, like you've had, like you've got a great rep in the market doing unique things when it comes to your leadership. So I'm talking about specifically you as Jazz. Like what are the things that you are thinking about now or the sorts of questions that you're kind of posing yourself you might even be asking the leadership team about them like what are the kinds of opportunities could be around culture and it could be around leadership or whatever that weren't necessarily present before you did kind of touch on them a little bit how you are starting to ask some of those questions but what do you think
1: yeah so I think so from a I mean I'll start with from a leadership perspective I think that um I think really harnessing know for with with my i'm thinking i guess if i think about myself and then, then more broadly about leadership in in more general that opportunity to be you know authentic can be an overused word but to be the most authentic version of a leader that is you know that that is who you are as you can and and i think that you know what this has what this has created is you know, getting an insight into people's lives and how they're living and and even just the, you know, the fact that you're so close. It's like you would never be so close, like, face-to-face as we are on Zoom with somebody in real life. It would probably be unusual, right? You would sort of, you wouldn't be picking up the nuances necessarily as much as you do. You can see when someone's distracted, you can, you know, you can, or even over the screen, you can feel if somebody's maybe a bit flat or, the, or they're struggling or they're really energized energized too. So I think, you know, nobody wants, I, I think that's good for team members. I think, it, I think it's good for leaders. I think it brings us closer to being, um, you know, truly who we are and, as leaders. And I don't want to lose that. You know, I don't want to put up any of those kind of subconscious barriers again, like I would much rather just be, you know, th- th- this is who I am and this is how I'm feeling and, and um, you know, this is what I think. And I, and, and I, th- I think that's, you know, any, any way that we can reduce those barriers that are sort of built up a- around, you know, someone's seniority or, you know, their decision-making power and, and all of that kind of stuff, I mean, I... I you know, I just see that as disempowering, particularly for our younger team who, you know, who are so amazing and just like rooming with like ideas and talent and, you know, energy and, and all of that stuff. It's like, just get us out of the way and, and kind of get these guys to the front and sort of, you know, let them shine. So I, I, I feel like that's something, I think moving from a, any kind of, I think there was a necessity for a bit more of a directional leadership style at the beginning when it was like, okay, we need to we need to work out what we're doing and we need to kind of, you know, get everybody into a way of working and 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 do that really quickly. But I think now that we're here and, and we're comfortable with that, that it, it really is about, you know, almost having a, you know, a, like a, when I say a flatter organisation, you know, not... Just removing any of those barriers that aren't really serving us—that that that that, that means that they slow the business down, you know. Um, And I think a lot of it's about many businesses. I'm sure would feel this way. So much of it now is about speed, you know. Even, even COVID itself—it's really accelerated. Um, You know, a lot of a lot of things that were coming anyway that that we saw was coming, whether it's things like. know remote remote working or you know whatever it might be or you know more agile working and dynamic teams and and all of that kind of stuff and it's really just accelerated that through need it's like we had to do it and then all the reasons of why we couldn't do it or why it was too hard were just sort of forgotten because it was a necessity a necessity thing so i do think that changes the nature of leadership Mm. you know i think you have to be i mean obviously being you know, Uber controlling or, or micromanaging or having a high ego, or you know, all of that stuff's not not going to work. I don't think in the future. And I, I I kind of feel like that's it's sort of you know maybe that that time's sort of done. Yeah. It's Like you know, is there any reason that you can't as a leader you can't be compassionate? You can't be you know honest? You can't um, you know you know connect um, sort of openly and authentically with people and and really your role is to remove roadblocks and absolutely make sure that people know what the priorities are, but how, you know, it's really about enabling and empowering teams so that you've got this winning team and it's not necessarily about you as
0: a leader anymore. Yeah. And just what you said there as well, it's, it's accelerated everything that you spoke about around that whole person model. <laughs> You know, we can theorise about this, and that can be something that's aspirational. But the, all those aspects of bringing that whole self to everything that you do, um, and and even heightening our emotional intelligence—you've put it mm-hmm. had, um, another guest on the other day, Lee Duncan from IBM, talking—they're talking about this concept of virtual EQ. Now. As well. mm-hmm. Thinking about how leaders can get better at reading some of those visual cues because you just said then you know you can tell when someone is this 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 and this and actually like some people can't you know that is the thing as well I think there's there's an energetic level of things that is taken away from this these sorts of interactions now yeah some things are amplified about how people might be feeling, you know, and in other cases, a lot of things are hidden as well about what's actually going on underneath there. So that's kind of definitely going to be a, an ongoing or a big challenge for some leaders that maybe weren't up there necessarily on the um, EQ scale, I think.
1: Yeah, I think and I think that's something that I I know even um, sort of in sort of anecdotally, but also some of the, the, the data that our team shared with us that you know, when you're not in the same building as your team, your relationship with your leader, um, you know, it, it 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 is. It's of course it's always important, but it it becomes even more important. So if you've got a leader that's not necessarily, you know, proactive in terms of communication or you know checking in or um, you know sh- sharing of sharing of information, then that can be a lot more challenging, um, yeah. or, or or one that maybe you know isn't comfortable with giving a lot of trust and, and giving a lot of empowerment um, in, in the way that we need to work now, then, yeah, that that, can, that cannot be great. And I do think, I mean, for most, I mean, there's, there's a range of things that businesses are going to do. It's like, that you know, the vast majority you know, are not going to be going back to how things used to be. So whether it's about adopting a true hybrid approach to work, um, whether it's about going completely virtual um, and remote in the way that we're working, I think it's about understanding because you are always going to have leaders who, you know, may be super high in ability and, and technical experience and skills. But, yeah, you know, that, that sort of that EQ or even that self-awareness um, may not necessarily be a strength. So it's about how do you, you know, what are the things that would be better for us to get together to do um, face-to-face, you know, from a collaboration or ideation or whatever, that that's what we want to be spending a time when we're together doing and what's the stuff that actually we're probably more productive doing doing remotely and, and 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 doing apart. I mean, I know something that's really showed up for us is just the, is maybe it's just the sort of, um, objectivity you get when you're removed from being in a physical environment it's just been really clear to us about you know the processes the ways of working um, that we have in place that are just not you know are are not um, supporting us in being high impact in the way that in the way that we're working and you know you sort of get that you know, that whole concept of sitting in a meeting for, you know, whatever, an hour um, with, you know, half the group not contributing and then really the kind of the real conversation happens after the meeting's ended and all of that kind of stuff where it's sort of really given this view. I mean, I think people in a way are probably working more than more than they ever have um, in terms of sort of the, the, the length of time that they're working because that's one of the real challenges is setting boundaries, I think, um, when you are working virtually. But you know, that whole piece about it's really brought to the forefront for us that where our inefficiencies are mm. um, and, and the time that we're spending on things that are, are really quite sort of low impact. And, and also just from an individual perspective, not that energizing for our team to be involved with. So I think that's almost the next step for us. It's like having that strong vision of what you know, future working looks like for us um, at Swiss and H&H in a way that takes the takes the best of all the benefits our team have seen um, from working at home, but also using the time that we do have together in a really impactful in way and being quite ruthless about what we just need to stop doing because yep. it's, not, it's not really sort of serving us or serving the business anymore.
0: Yeah. So, you know, it's everything that you said there, I think we're hearing anecdotally around from different organisations grappling with really similar things. But are, that sort of the intentionality is the thing that really stood out to me of what you've said there as well. You know, we almost were kind of sleepwalking through our days of you just show up and then, you know, someone grabs you for a chat and then you're off to this and then you're in that meeting and then you're doing that thing and then before you know it, you know, it's four o'clock and you're trying to jam in <laughs> three or <laughs> us work to get home at seven or are you logging back on at night and because of all of these things and we were just so it's about you know like how we can maybe own that day so much more than we did previously from everything down to as you've just said there the spaces that we occupy and what may we use this space for mm. and the people that we bring into certain conversations that are the right decision makers to do these sorts of things like that you've had that you know the the view outside now that you can start to do that a lot more. And I guess even that blended approach could give us an opportunity to do that. As you said, you know, we could do our deep work at home. And yeah. In And we know that we're coming in for collaboration. Yeah. Um, it's definitely something that, that I know a lot of people are thinking about as well. So.
1: And I think even on more of a, um, I guess on a personal level, I know something like I'm really passionate about is kind of understanding your own personal I guess, kind of like your biorhythms, you know, when do you have the most energy during the day? What what yeah. do you need to do to manage your energy yeah. um, to be able to, I guess, you know, keep your cortisol at a reasonable level and, and things like that. And I think when you're working remotely, you have more autonomy over that. So if you, if you do have habits and, and ways of working that, you know, okay, I do my deep work at this time of the day, because that's when I'm really energised, as an example, or, you know, I know that I need to knock off this stuff that's not, that I don't necessarily love as much. I need to do that early when I'm fresh and energized, and and don't procrastinate and kind of. But I think you have less, maybe less power over over those decisions when you're working face to face, because as you said, there's so much sort of incidental stuff that kind of that sort of jumps in, and you can easily lose, I think, kind of lose control over 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 how, over how you're. Sort of managing your day. I know for me personally, as well as my team, you know, we sort of re- reviewing our last quarter, and it was like, my God, how did we achieve so much stuff? You know, like, and and not just like tactic, like really kind of great stuff that we've been talking about for you know a long time we've never got to. And it's, it's it's this kind of high productivity and this ability people have had to really get into deep work. And and as I said, even though people are saying they're working longer there's this sort of sense of the work that they're doing is, you know, is rewarding and they're sort of really feeling, feeling
0: that tra- traction as well. Yeah. So to that point, what are you thinking? Are there conversations about, uh, about what you're thinking as a group about doing going forward? Is it too early to make some of those decisions? I know people are kind of in between. You don't have to if they're, they might not be released as well there, but is it, are there conversations about permanent changes in the way that, that we work and run yeah i mean
1: i guess we're thinking i guess what we've where our heads are at at the moment is we're really about where do we see the areas that we want to focus on so yeah. in terms of what makes sense for us to be i guess building into our sort of future strategy and our operational plan about the way um the way that we're working and and, and the way that our our, our people are um I guess experiencing working at Swiss, kind of knowing what we know now and, and and the main the main areas that we're focused on. We don't I guess we don't have all of the answers yet. We've got some thoughts and um but we and some of the things we're sort of doing a little bit of test and learn and, and, and kind of seeing seeing how we go. Um that whole bit about sort of rethinking the way that we work, how we speed up um and empower decision making. Mm-hmm. Um, within within the business that's that's a big focus for us at the moment and that's a combination of you know, kind of a few things around sort of org design and um, you know the opportunities our team um, will have to be able to work Kind of cross functionally and outside of their teams in these sort of in more of these kind of you know incubator squads that are able to go after these i guess shorter term business opportunities and and they 're really empowered to make to make that happen so that's that 's one part that we that we 're kicking off Swiss so is probably a little bit more conventional in its kind of org design you know not super old fashioned but 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 not super progressive after um, also so this is something that 's We think is going to be and we're sort of piloting that at the moment so so that's that's really exciting um i think a piece about how we i mean certainly something that covid's shown us is how interconnected we are so not just as individuals but us with our external partners whether it's suppliers or our you know our, our our customer our customer base so Really thinking about us as part of a, a bigger ecosystem um, and how we can partner more impactfully with those external partners in a way that obviously benefits us, but it benefits the broader the, the broader um, community that piece around minimising administration and hierarchy so in that ways of working and again how we're designing the organa- organization to free people up from, from from work that isn't necessarily that impactful and maybe that they're not enjoying enjoying do- doing as much absolutely committed to making hybrid work work um, that was that was something that really came through in the most recent survey we did is I think that's that's one of the biggest changes that people are like, please, can we, you know, we, we don't want this to go away. You know, these are all the benefits I've seen. And, and that's certainly been my experience as well. So, you know, that that is our new reality. So really committed to that. Um, but as I said before, kind of really thinking about how we um know we don't want it to be like this we really want to understand when it's going to be more more beneficial and impactful for our people to be to be face to face and 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 when not i think around talent um you know we're really thinking a lot about how we reimagine i guess our talent development Mm. approach and how we um really i guess unleash sort of identify and unleash those future leaders in the business and really give them the you know, give them the power and give the autonomy to, to have the impact that we know that they, that they can have. Mm. Um, and I think that that piece too around, um, you know, we do a fair bit in the learning space, but in a way it's still, it's probably not as experiential as we would want it to be. And, you know, really thinking about, um, and this is, this is kind of the way that I think about it. And I know for a, a lot of our team, it's like, you know, you need to be as, you need to be marketable, for your whole career, if you, if you don't keep learning, yeah. you know, those those future skills, That the demand to, to continue to have new skills is not, that's not going to go away, you know, and, and, and the more that we're able to benefit from the advantages that technology gives us, that we're able to kind of elevate, I guess, the nature of the work that we're doing, you mm-hmm. know, then I think that, um, you know, we really need to have that, have have more of a, Intentional approach about what's what are the, what's the skills and talent we kind of need to bring into the to the business and, and 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 what's the role of that continuous learning for our team so that we you know we we give them that um, you know help them kind of continue to build that career pathway for for themselves mm-hmm. and then I think probably finally that like what what is the role of the executive team and yeah. you know I mean our, our MD he's you know he's 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 fantastic. And it's kind of like, what's that? Yeah, he's been very present and very, sort of in the, very transparent. A lot of communication um, over this time, and you know, really thinking about, you know, how, you know, how do we, how do we get the best out of having that experience and and that kind of seniority in the business, but not in a way that is stifling the mm. kind of. You know the talent and the creativity and and and, and stuff that that's coming through so I, I guess they're kind of the areas the areas that we're focused on um, and we want to move quickly you know i feel like and i heard someone the other day sort of use the analogy of kind of the horror of um, port arthur And, you know, what that situation um, gave us was that, you know, at that time um, when that tragedy happened, you know, there was this window of opportunity for the gun buyback and that changed the trajectory of gun ownership for us in Australia, Mm. you you know, so substantially. And you kind of go, that wasn't something that could have happened without having that. You know, terrible thing happen. Um, I mean, it could have, but it certainly wouldn't have happened as quickly and decisively. So, um, and so, you know, this is also something which is hugely challenging, um, the, the environment we're in, but, you know, we've got this window of opportunity to really kind of change the change, the way we're not just working, but the way we're living, I think. Um, yeah, so I feel like, I feel like, I feel like there's a huge, there's a lot, there's so much opportunity, in, you know, in, in all of this challenge.
0: That's such a good one to finish on as well, because that's so optimistic. And you said at the very beginning of this, I am excited and I'm optimistic. And what you're talking about there as well is so great to hear that. You know, I think it, it's, it can be very tempting for leaders and probably people, people at all levels at the moment just to be that firefighting and head down and I've got to get through this and, you know, just looking at your feet almost for the next thing. But what we need are leaders that are looking out here. We need people who are prepared to look up and see, you know, what what is coming, you know, and rather than just responding, what are the actual opportunities that this thing might present as you know, as, as grim and bleak as it is at times and still is. Um, Yeah, that's, it's so good to hear. And I think that's a great inspirational takeaway for a lot of leaders out there is how can they do more of that? All of us challenge ourselves to do more of that. What is the opportunity in this right now? Sure, sure. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh my gosh, of course. I love it. I was so excited for you to ask me. So thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute delight having you on today. So thank you so much. Um, I'm sure everyone's got a lot out of it. Uh, we will include in the details here, details to your LinkedIn profile as well. So I'm sure you'd encourage people to connect with you. And Oh my gosh, of course. I would love to. Yeah. So thank you for being so generous. And we will, um, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thanks, Fiona. Hi, Bye, hey everybody. <laughs>